Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we're talking about The Color and the Shape by Foo Fighters, released in 1997 by Roswell and Capitol Records, and my guest is Farah. Hey! Welcome back, Farah. Third time's a charm. I know, I'm so excited. I'm so happy to have you back, and uh, typically you are our r&b aficionado mm-hmm, but today mm-hmm. you're talking about a rock record yeah new year new me but not so new me not so new me because no. you've always been a fan of the foo fighters i have secretly always no not so secretly been a fan of the foo fighters but like this is so exciting because like we've done we've talked about usher mm-hmm. you and i have talked about justin timberlake mm-hmm. so this is like a total 180 i love it i feel like we're yeah. you know uh, really turning the podcast game on his head tonight we are we're broadening our horizons Absolutely. we're getting out there and we're talking about some rock music today i love it and for anybody who maybe hasn't listened to Farrah's episodes on Usher's Confessions or Future Sex Love Sounds by Justin Timberlake. Farrah and I are school friends. And since we don't want to um, bore anybody with the story of how you and I met, yeah. something exciting I thought we could talk about off the top today, Farrah, is that, funnily enough, Foo Fighters was just announced today as one of the headliners for the Oceaga Musical Festival in Montreal. Oh my God. Which is so exciting to me. What a blessing. And so I kind of wanted to ask you, like, are, have you ever been to Oceaga? First of all, are you a music festival person? What's your experience with festivals? So, I am a music festival person, but I did not have enough money in the past to go to music festivals. I know like totally fair. people make do and they try to, but I just, I don't know where I was. At. But anyway, um, I love outdoor music festivals. I think they're the bomb. They're even more bomb when they're free. Obviously. I'm cheap. Obviously. Um, but I did one year go to um, Festival d'été in Quebec City. Yeah. And the Foo Fighters were playing that year. And um, I've been a Foo Fighters fan since high school. And I saw them. But there was a crazy rainstorm. And this was the year... And they didn't they have to cancel their show or yes. midway through? Yes. I heard about this. Oh my gosh. And Dave Grawl was there and he had broken his leg. Broken leg tour 2015, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And he was there in his giant like rock throne. Dave of Thrones. Yes. Dave of Thrones. <laughs> Dave of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it so well. And he was just there. He was so committed. They were all so committed, and he was like, "We're gonna give you a great fucking concert today." <laughs> you know, Dave, like he like yells, and I'm getting excited. I'm like, "Yeah, Dave, play through the rain!" And then it's like raining like crazy, and so all of a sudden the roadies come out, and they're trying to get them off the stage. And he goes, "We're sorry, Quebec, we have to go." Aww. And it ends, and then it's like canceled. And it how was long tragic. did they play for before it got canceled? They played a solid three songs. They played. Oh my god, that's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think thought you were going to be like, they played a solid three hours. I'm like, well, that's not, that's a no. full show. <laughs> no, that's a full not a full show. show. It was like, they played All My Life. I think they played... Um, like Everlong, maybe. Everlong, yeah. They yeah. played something else, too. I don't... I think they played The Pretender. So then I got my second coming when they came to Toronto, I think, a couple years ago. Roger Center? Yeah, the yes, Roger girl, Center. I was there, too. Were you there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just found that the Roger Center really sucks. Like, the sound is not as good. See, I really liked it there. Really? Really? Because I was in the pit. Okay, maybe that's why. The pit experience was fun there. But they were still amazing. Oh, they're fantastic yeah. live. They're yeah. absolutely fantastic live. I, yeah, I, so I've actually never been to a music festival, but oh. I know. And it's like, people think that that's very off brand of me, but it's just it never been something for me that I've like done mm. and so my kind of my bucket list when i saw so anybody who saw the oceaga lineup today it's kendrick lamar oh my god lizzo <gasps> and foo fighters are the headliners okay so like and like so like are we going to oceaga 
you want to go to Oshiega? I kind of want to go to Oshiega. Oh my God. The pod goes to Oshiega. The pod goes to Oshiega. Can you imagine? I'm like, literally, I, I, I have to make this happen. This is the year, Kiara. This I think is this our might be year. The year. I'm just going to bring my podcast gear and like set up in the middle yeah. of the park and just like interview random people. I think <laughs> that would be a really fun fucking time. Plus, that everybody was funny. drunk already. So like yeah. half my job is done. We're here with a little history lesson about the Foo Fighters, y'all. Little history lesson, y'all. <laughs> y'all. Wow. Y'all. <laughs> you can pull off y'all so much better than oh, I can. Oh, thanks. But I thought y'all would have been like country. Like Foo Fighters, y'all. Foo Fighters, y'all. It would actually be more so, based on the, the times I've seen them live, it would be Foo Fighters, motherfuckers. Yeah. Because you said Dave Grohl screams motherfucker constantly. Constantly. He probably says it like 300 times a show. Have you ever seen that Robot Chicken episode? There's a Foo Fighters episode, and um, basically it, the Foo Fighters are in the series and they're like we're the foo fighters here to fight some foo it's just like the weirdest thing and it's always been something that stands out in my mind so every time i hear the foo fighters i'm like we're the foo fighters here to fight some foo i love it i love it so much okay but we should probably get into like the actual history i'm so So we're not deviating reset the momentum yeah foo fighters they are a rock band from seattle washington and they are the brainchild of mr dave grohl Mm. who was the drummer for the hugely successful grunge band nirvana Mm -hmm. and he was a drummer for them for four years up until kurt cobain's death in 1994 and he started foo fighters um as his like side not really the side project as his full-time project post nirvana he wanted to do something for himself um and the name foo fighters actually comes from a world war ii term and it was used to uh refer to unidentified flying objects what yeah oh so it's kind of like a pseudo ufo type like terminology so they'd be like oh it's a foo fighter like oh that was the thing but since then dave grohl has gone on to say like this is the stupidest fucking band name he's like if i had known this was gonna take off i would never have called it foo fighters yeah i Mm -hmm. guess like naming a band is kind of a hard job it is like it's something you got to stick with forever it is and you've got bands who kind of like change it up from time to time but like i don't want to be one of those people yeah i want to stick with it it's easier to change your name if you're like one person like p diddy i think he yeah, changed his name puff to daddy puff daddy and it's sean something combs now it's and then it's just diddy something like or that. snoop dog to snoop lion snoop Lion. that's a stupid or bow little bow wow to just bow wow well little bow wow i guess he grew up so that makes sense so he can't be lil anymore he can't be but lil, lil wayne's still lil wayne true say i don't know but anyway changing a band name is hard that's hard and you have like a brand associated yeah. with it so they're they're stuck with foo fighters as far as i'm concerned but i love the band name so i love it too i think I'm it's hilarious a-okay with it and while the band name hasn't changed the lineup has since mm-hmm. uh, its inception so it began as a four-piece band with dave grohl obviously on lead vocals and he plays guitar pat smear sorry who was also a nirvana alum he joined the band right at the tail end before kurt committed suicide mm-hmm. and then they ended up recruiting nate mandel and william goldsmith and they were in a band together called sunny day real estate so if you watch the Foo Fighters documentary called Back and Forth, Dave actually talks about how he went to a Sunny Day real estate show and noticed how good the rhythm section was and was like, I need that bassist and I need that drummer. And their self-titled debut album came out in 1995. Singles here were This Is A Call and Big Me, among others. And the color and the shape, the album we're talking about today, is the Foo's second studio album, Big Singles Here, Monkey Wrench, Everlong, and My Hero. And as successful as the album was, it was actually a really tumultuous time for the band. During the recording, William Goldsmith actually left the band and that left Dave Grohl to actually go back and re-record all the drum parts by himself. And then Taylor Hawkins, who's their current drummer, ended up joining the band and so he's although he's not featured playing on the album he's featured on the music videos for color and the shape my favorite particular is everlong where he's dressed like a girl i think it's hilarious (laughs) um and at this time too like dave Grohl had some personal struggles (laughs) struggle oh my god we're also having some personal struggles (laughs) 
But Dave Grohl was going through a divorce um, to his wife at the time, um, his wife of four years, and he was in the middle of, of that kind of deal there. Overall, the record sold two million copies. It was nominated for the Best Rock Album at the 1998 Grammys. And since then, the Foo's lineup has solidified into a six-piece rock act. So we still have Dave, we have Nate, we have Taylor on the drums, Chris Shiflett was added as lead guitar, Pat Smear was kind of like on and off for yeah. a little while. He was in the band, and then he left, and then he came back. He played rhythm guitar. And then they just recently, in the last couple of years, added Rami Jaff or Jaffe. I think it's Jeffy who plays the keyboards. The band has experienced a very successful 23-year career spanning nine studio albums, four of which have won Rock Album of the Year at the Grammys. They've played Wembley Stadium and sold 12 million records in the U.S. alone. Oh, my God. This, One of the biggest rock bands in the world. This band is as big is as probably almost as old as we are that's insane that's insane yeah <laughs> like 23 years in one band and like they've again like they've had their kind of drama and they've had their falling out but they've always mm -hmm. been able to come back to the music yeah for sure and i think all of them are very passionate about their music because you mentioned the the documentary yeah. you can see when they're in their process of recording you know they're doing things again and again and again and even when they're talking about you know the recording because recording is essentially supposed to capture the most perfect version of the the song yeah they even sort of talk about how they're like oh i didn't do this very well i didn't do that very well but for people like me i don't notice that stuff you know what i mean but, but they're perfectionists they're perfectionists and it's interesting because rock is never really about perfection it's about totally. being messy the yelling the screaming the gr like the grunge all of it but yeah. then in in their own way they have their own form of perfection in it even though yeah like in listening to their songs sometimes it's a little bit like raw and it's like energetic and stuff mm -hmm. but it's always very clean it is clean yeah and, and very perfect in a way perfect yes perfect. they are perfect Dave Grohl, you are perfect. He is. He is a perfect human. I'm obsessed with it. We're going to talk about him in a little bit in detail. I am obsessed with Dave Grohl. We're obsessed with Dave. Who isn't? I mean, come on. He's great. He's the best. He's the absolute best. And mm -hmm. speaking of the best, mm. we have to, that was a really bad transition, but we're going to keep going. We're going to roll with it. And I give you the best, the best, <laughs> the best, the best that of you. That's where my mind went, but that was perfect. I love it. I like that. That song's not on this album, but I freaking love that song too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> One of the best rock bands of all time. We're drinking a very interesting cocktail to commemorate them. So off of track number two on The Color and the Shape called Monkey Wrench, we're drinking Monkey Gland Cocktails, which like <laughs> as a name is probably the second grossest that I've had on the pod. I think <laughs> Alien Secretion still takes the cake That's as weird. the number one weirdest one. Monkey Gland is kind of gross, but it tastes pretty good. It's not bad. I'm like okay with it. I'm okay with it. I can roll with it. And if you would like to try it out for yourself, if you want to experience what a monkey gland tastes like, Jeez. I mean, go for it. What's in these monkey glands, Kiara? I'll tell you, Farah. <laughs> two ounces of gin, two ounces of orange juice, a quarter ounce of grenadine. You combine all of that in a cocktail shaker with ice and you add an orange slice for garnish. Hey. Hey. <laughs> we're good to go. Yes. And that's it. And so I think on that note, Farah, we should start talking about the album that we came mm -hmm. here to talk about today in detail and uh, go from there. Definitely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Farah, can you tell me a little bit about how you started listening to the Foo Fighters and your relationship with Color and the Shape? Yeah. So, okay. I never fully listened to a Foo Fighters album except for the greatest hits um, because I guess I'm a mainstream fan. I don't know. That's but, fine. Um, and also like when you go to their concerts, like they do generally have the same songs, their hit songs that they play. And I love those songs because those songs are really good live. But um, how I started listening to them was in high school, I guess, 
it was the in thing to listen to rock music and emo rock and whatnot. So, you know, can my chemical romance, even I hate to admit it, Nickelback and all these other bands. Don't hate, man. Like <laughs> Nickelback had some hits. Yeah, they did. But I mean, if you I didn't sing along to photograph. <laughs> you're not a Canadian. <laughs> I did you did. know they're coming to Budweiser stage in summer? No. Do you <laughs> want to go? I kind of want to go. And this is when my street cred plummets, <laughs> but I have no shame. Anyway, so I started listening to the Foo Fighters um, because I saw The Pretender, the music video. Such a great video. Um, great music video, but I guess you could say I was like a late adopter. But I mean, this album came out in 97 and what we were like three we were three we were three <laughs> so there was some catching up to do but i saw the music video i thought it was so powerful it was a very simple music video and then it has like the red stuff that just splashes everywhere that was kind of cool yeah because um, it's like uh the, the band is playing and it's mm-hmm. uh, i mean in the song the pretender kind of starts off very quiet and then yeah. when the the chorus ends up hitting it's very heavy and yeah there's a part where there's like a swat team on one end and dave Grohl and the band on another and then yeah. all this red paint comes out of the yeah. thing it's kind of like reminiscent of the american idiot video with green day yeah. where the green slime comes out of everywhere yeah, it's very similar very similar so i really like that i guess at the time you know you're feeling your teen angst it kind of spoke to that in me and i think eventually i started sort of listening to them because the foo fighters has some really great stuff and dave is really good at writing music i mean some songs more so than others but if you listen to songs like everlong and like i mean even the pretender as well best of you yeah um he has a song with Nora jones and i mean even on this album too there's one song on there i think it's walking after you oh, and it's I love that one. it's like a ballad and not all credit should go to dave Grohl because there are other members of the band yeah um but, but they he's a, a primary songwriter he is and they have this way of going from hardcore rock anger you know energy filling up a stadium to also sensitive sweet slow but also still just as expressive and still rock but like still displaying all the skills of all of the artists in the band absolutely yeah so I think that appreciation kind of grew with me and I think in university I was dating someone and we broke up and my breakup song, I think, was Everlong. Because, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it was like, um, if anything could ever feel this real forever. And, you know, of course, I'm like, God, <laughs> if everything could ever feel this good again. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I found the acoustic version on the Greatest Hits album. I fell in love with it. And um, I introduced it to, the, to my ex-boyfriend at the time when we were still broken up. And so he was like playing that song endlessly wait like after you guys broke up after we broke up the first you still time. shared music with him yeah so i saw him oh, the first time i saw him we broke up the first time <laughs> and i saw him and i introduced the song to him and he was obsessed with it and he loved it and i think like it was interesting because that was kind of how we reconnected i think part of it too was other things but that song you know made me think of that summer that we were kind of getting back together and um the foo fighters was a really important part of that relationship because we went to the concert together you know we listened to that album the greatest hits album together and so i have a lot of good memories linked to that as well later in life so kind of similar to you i think i might have started listening to them a little bit earlier um best of you was kind of like my introduction to who they were i actually remember seeing that music video on the much music countdown and being like who are these new folks called the foo fighters they are brand new (laughs) not realizing that they had been a band literally since like 1994 when i I always liked the power behind a song like best of you like i thought it was so motivational um and very like uh like made me feel things like it and mm-hmm. i love music that makes me be like oh like yeah like i could 
cry or I could like scream or I could dance or whatever just made me want to do more it was like I was investing in something more than just a song Mm -hmm. um but I had no idea who Dave Grohl was I didn't know about Nirvana like I didn't know about the whole Kurt Cobain like I was just like I like this band I like this song and so similar to you hits wise I was like yeah this is kind of like where I'm gonna stay in the in the Mm -hmm. the top the bangers realm or whatever the bangers realm yeah um so going back and listening to color in the shape i mean songs like everlong and my hero and monkey wrench i have Mm -hmm. the best relationships with because those were the songs that like i would see on like you know they would do like um much music used to do kind of like a almost like a little mini docuseries on artists where they'd play multiple videos they play like 10 of their top 10 videos Mm -hmm. or something like that and so i remember seeing that kind of stuff on um on tv i also developed a major crush (laughs) major crush on mr <laughs> dave Grohl because oh, no. <laughs> he's like the nice guy of rock and roll he is he's not too like rock starry like he's rock starry because like you see him perform and mm-hmm. he's so eccentric and so like invested and leaves like blood on the stage mm-hmm. and like he broke his leg on this like i'm sorry like when the yeah. whole dave of thrones thing that happened because he was like running like from side to side on the stage and fell off the stage and broke his <laughs> leg and then played the rest of the show with a broken leg yeah i add but i always thought he was so cute and then like watching the documentary and seeing how genuine he was and how mm-hmm. much he loved music and cared about music was like i was like oh my god i love this person yeah and so because of my love for dave uh, a friend of mine when i was in like grade 11 i think gifted me the dave Grohl biography oh so i read the dave Grohl biography started researching more into nirvana dave's career and then that's kind of when i started to work my way through their albums like their true discography was when i was in high school so that's when i hit like in your honor echo silence patience grace wasting light they did sonic highways all of that and i saw them play live kind of by fluke for the first time in 2015 my cousin sherry had tickets to their show at budweiser stage and then the day of she couldn't go oh no so she called me and she was like you like the Foo Fighters, right? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And she was like, do you want to go see them? Because I have tickets. And James, who's my cousin, she's like, James and I can't go. Um, do you want to go? And I was like, in Oakville at the time with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, yes. So me and my mom hopped on the go train. We went and picked Aww. up the tickets. We went to the show. And like, it was a life-changing experience. It's one of my favorite concert experiences of all time. Broken leg tour. Yeah. So he had the beautiful throne there. He did a great acoustic version of My Hero, oh. which has always stayed with me. And I, I had took a little mini video of it. And maybe I'll throw it up on the podcast Instagram because I'm like, it was one of those just like really beautiful moments at a concert. Like hearing that song played acoustically with everybody singing along is just like... It just warms your heart, seriously. And I think what I've always really admired about Foo Fighters is they've stayed true to who they are. Yeah. So, you know, you watch award shows now, like the Grammys were just on last night and there's no rock bands anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. I never noticed that. I mean, I don't really watch the Grammys weirdly enough, but yeah, yeah. it's just, it's a lot of, it's more pop for sure because pop dominates the charts and like, there's like rap sometimes mixed in and you'll have like, occasionally you'll get like someone like a vampire weekend coming on. A weird indie artist. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like nominated for some big category that they have to make them play. But when it comes to rock bands, like Foo Fighters has always been like the constant, like they've played the Grammys, they've played the brits they've played you know the emas um they've stuck with us for a long time because they've always stayed true to their post-grunge roots i felt like um and you know similar to your point where how they can sway between doing something very sweet and then something very heavy and kind Mm -hmm. of um high energy i think too like 
they're able to do those high energy songs, but it's never preaching violence or moshing or, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember there's this great video of Dave and I think he was doing like a, it was something for iTunes and the whole band was playing a song mm-hmm. and uh, he kicks one of the guys, one of the fans out because as he's playing, you can see his eyes are like watching something going on in the crowd. Okay. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. He like stops the band and he's like, what's going on over here? Like, no, no, no. He's like, you, 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 you in the striped shirt. What the fuck are you doing? And he was like, listen, he's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Get the fuck out of my show. He's like, you don't come to my show to fucking fight. You come to my show to fucking dance. Like he's no oh, nonsense wow. when it comes to that shit. And so I've always really liked that because their music, it doesn't make you want to like hit people. It's not like you're going to like a Slipknot show. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me want to like grab a beer and just like jam out with like a big group of people. And yeah. I, I've always really loved that. And you feel the feels. I think that was so like many the feels. big thing about the Foo Fighters. You feel the feels that he feels. And I think this is a great album because you mentioned that he was going through his divorce and whatnot, but mm-hmm. you can definitely see that he writes a lot about the, that relationship and yeah. how tumultuous it was. Yeah. It's I'm 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 stoked. I think on that note, Farah, we should probably start talking about the songs we really like. Yeah, let's do it. So Farah, let's start with the positive. What is your favorite song off the record? What's the first one you want to talk My about? My favorite one? Yeah. Oh. I was going to pick my second favorite because then I wanted to move into my favorite, but... You could do that too. Okay. You can leave me in suspense. I'm going to leave people in suspense because I'm going to go with Monkey Wrench first. Lovely. Let's talk yeah. Monkey Wrench. What is it that you like about this song? Um, okay. So I put down in my notes, it's a typical sounding Foo Fighters song. It's high octane, fast paced. Oh yeah. But it's, you know, about freeing oneself from a screwed up relationship, which can be interpreted in different ways. But the song was mostly about his, Dave Grawl's relationship with William Goldsmith. Um, And as you mentioned, Goldsmith left the band. So, you know, I think we can all kind of relate to being in a relationship that doesn't really fit. Yeah, any kind of relationship. Yeah, but I like the song because, I mean, it's pretty catchy. Oh, yeah. They usually play it in their uh, concerts or whatever. But, um, you know, it also is very relatable in terms of having a friendship or a relationship that doesn't really work out. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen the video of um, Kiss Guy playing this with them? No, I have not. So there's a guy, I can't remember where it was. I feel like it was somewhere in Boston. And there's a guy who's like, who does like the Gene Simmons face paint. Oh, okay. And he's in the crowd and he has a sign that says like, please, can I play Monkey Wrench with you? Oh. And so Dave Grohl's like, he's like, hey, like Kiss Guy. He's like, I've been staring at this guy all night. Like, what does your fucking sign say? And the guy holds up the sign and he's like, you want to play Monkey Wrench? He's like, do you suck? And the Kiss Guy's like, meh. Like he's kind of like, kind of. And then Dave Grohl's like, don't tell me you suck. Then I'm not going to invite you up here yeah 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 but he invites him up and they play monkey wrench and the guy like slays it wow it's amazing wow. it's so funny like because dave girl's just like what the fuck like dave girl gives him his guitar to like play like wow it's amazing but yeah that, that this kind of um sorry that that video always kind of makes me think of this song i agree with you it's also one that i really like uh definitely quintessential foo song i like it because it's heavy it's rock and roll without being like too heavy yeah you know, like there's like crazy guitar sounds. You've got like the great percussion and mm-hmm. Dave's got like this amazing rock and roll voice, but it's yeah. never like overpowering. Mm-hmm. It's never too much. Like it's just kind of like a fun, again, like it makes me want to dance and like kind of like jam along. And I mean, you talked about William Goldsmith and how that was kind of like what the song was about. So yeah. for me, I'm interpreting it like a monkey wrench is a tool. Mm-hmm. So you're being used by someone to accomplish some sort of yeah. task. You're not necessarily having a genuine relationship with them. So when he's saying like, I don't want to be your monkey wrench, he's like, no, like, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't need you. Like you don't, or I don't need you because you're just using me for all of this shit. And he's like, I'm done with you. I'm done with this. And it's yeah. a liberating song. Yeah. So I would hundred percent agree with you. And there's a great lyric here where he says, I never wanted any more than I could fit into my head. I think he says it in the bridge. It's like the, like it's a really like heavy part, but that's what he says in it. And I 
love that because I'm someone who has a tendency to overthink and overanalyze and like spiral out of control. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, when you're going through a relationship, again, any kind of relationship where you feel like you're maybe not getting it, getting as much out of it as the other person is, then you start to kind of like spiral yourself and you're like, I can't fit anymore into my head. Like you were taking up too much space in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also a very powerful way of saying it too. But yeah, I, I think that's important that you brought up that the metaphor of, you know, yourself being the tool. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that too, because Dave Grohl's technically like the, the guy who brought the band together. Totally. And the fact that he was feeling like used essentially is interesting because he's technically supposed to be the guy with the control. I hate to say Yeah, it, like he's kind of, he, you're right. He's, it was his idea. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting that he's thinking about being used when he's the one who's technically supposed to have control. Yeah, absolutely. There would be no Foo Fighters without Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. It would be a totally different band without yeah. Dave Grohl. Yeah. Great song. Obviously, the the song that relates back to the drink that we're drinking today. So cheers, Farrah. Yes, cheers to Monkey Cheers, cheers to Monkey Glands. <laughs> so the one I want to start with is My Hero. Oh, I love that song. That is my favorite song <laughs> off this record. Um, and while I was doing my research for the pod today, um, I was just kind of going through, you know, like a little bit of a YouTube uh, rabbit hole, t- watching yeah. different Food Fighters videos that I could find. And there's a great clip of Dave and Taylor on Howard Stern, where Dave Grohl plays this acoustic, like literally just him. Oh, um, and acoustic ha- Foo Fighters, so the best Foo Fighters. <laughs> but um, so before he's about to play it, Howard Stern is like, okay, he's like, yeah, he's like, I love this song. This is a great track. And he's like, so it's obviously about Kurt Cobain, right? Like it's definitely uh-huh. a song about Kurt Cobain. And Dave's kind of like, no, man, like not really. Um, he says that like the heroes in his mind like, yeah. are just ordinary working class people. And he says that in the song, he goes like, yeah. there goes my hero. He's, he's ordinary. And he says, I've looked up to regular people more than I look up to celebrities. So I think mm-hmm. it's nice that he's kind of glamorizing for lack of a better word, like the blue collar every day, normal mm-hmm. people who are heroes to us, like people like teachers, people like nurses, people like police officers. Yep. Like that's kind of what I get when I think of this song. Um, and as soon as I hear like the drums at the beginning, mm, I love the drums and how it builds. Yeah. Yeah. Instantly recognizable. And like I mentioned kind of off the top too, when I saw the broken leg tour, so 2015, they were touring mm-hmm. for, I believe it was Sonic highways. Seeing him play this acoustic was mm-hmm. like, well, he didn't, he kind of like sat there with his crutches and then Chris Aww. played an acoustic with Pat. Yeah. Um, but then he sang it along and just the energy in Budweiser stage was like electric. Yeah. And it just always gets me hyped. This song always. Yeah. And you know what? Like, it's interesting you say, cause he does an acoustic version. They could do an acoustic version of all of their songs, really. 100%. And they would sound so good because this song, like it definitely has like the the guitars in there and you said like the signature like drum beat and whatever. And then if you still strip it down and have just the guitar and him singing, there goes my hero. Like yeah. watch him as he goes. Yeah, you would still feel something. And Absolutely. I think that just goes to show how good they are at the, um, you know, the songwriting aspect of it too. Absolutely. the message yeah, yeah. it's uh, that was definitely going to be one of my favorite food fighter songs of all time like i i kind of struggled so before you came over here i was thinking yeah. about it and i was like if i had to choose between so my hero everlong and best of you are probably their three biggest yeah <laughs> and i was like could i choose between the three of them because i love them all for different reasons for different things for different for different experiences they make me feel yeah exactly and i don't think i think it's perfect the way like that triad of songs like I would keep forever, but Mm -hmm. I don't think I could ever eliminate one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The trifecta. The trifecta. The food trifecta. The triumvirate, if you will. (laughs) The food trifecta. The The foofecta. The foofecta. (laughs) 
Okay, so that was one I liked, Farah. How about uh, what's another one that you like? All right, let's hop to my favorite. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Everlong. Okay. Obvi. Easy one, girl. Easy, no, I'm not. Don't apologize. K. It's a yeah. great friggin' song. I love that song. Like I said before, if you take a song and you're able to strip it down to have the acoustic version and have it still sound fucking awesome, you have a song you have a smash a smash hit it slaps it's this song (laughs) literally slaps it's really special to me um obviously because of that story i guess i had with my my ex-boyfriend or whatever yeah um unmistakable guitars in the beginning um and i love that they have that heavy sound that they're known for because they have you know the two guitars yeah and and chris Yeah, yeah chris it's freaking fast if you really think about it but the lyrics, you know, it just sounds so smooth because the the guitars are going really quickly and the drums and whatever. And then Dave is singing, hello, I've waited here for you. And then it's not that like what he's singing is not that fast. No. So it's very, you know, dichotomous in that way. But then it's like it works. Totally yeah. works. And if you really think about it, I have here, the song is actually super romantic. And oh, yeah. I have here, what slaps is when <laughs> Dave sings, if everything could feel this real forever, which is my signature line that always hits me in the feels. So good. Um, and like you mentioned, if anything could ever be this good again. So, you know, because when you have a good love or a good thing, you feel like something is real and you feel that connection. Absolutely. Um, and you want it to last forever. You want it to last forever. And when it ends, you're like, shit, am I going to feel something like that again? I don't know. And did you know the song is actually written how when he was going through the divorce with his wife, it was about him falling in love with another woman at the time. <gasps> Really? So again, like they were separated. Oh, so sad. They were separated, but he was talking to somebody. So like maybe, okay, maybe falling in love is too strong a word, but he was talking to this other woman and feeling all of these sorts of things. Yeah, we better not put words into Dave's mouth like Jermaine. Okay, <laughs> Jermaine. <laughs> Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. <laughs> we like for sure blacklisted Jermaine from the podcast world. Me and my 12 Jermaine. listeners are like, no, <laughs> get out of here. Uh. The living legend, uh, anyway, living continue. legend, Jermaine. Yeah. But essentially, yeah, Dave talked about how he, like him just even speaking with somebody else and kind yeah. of knowing, I guess, that it was over with his, um, his ex-wife, ex-wife was like falling for somebody else so quickly and was surprised mm-hmm. at how quickly that that was happening. I love this song too. I remember reading in the Dave Grohl biography how Bob Dylan had gone up to Dave Grohl and was like, I don't know where they met. Oh my God. But he had gone up to him and he was like, yeah, he's like, I really like that song you guys wrote because it has this one line that says breathe out so I can breathe you in and he's like that line is so good and Dave Grohl was like <gasps> like he was like <laughs> I would have died too he died this thing it's like fucking Bob Dylan is like I like your lyrics like mm. hello hello that would be like Leo DiCaprio coming up to him being like I liked your acting yeah so I feel like for him especially because Bob Dylan was probably a hero of his too I just thought that that was a really amazing story all I can imagine now is Bob Dylan singing that breathe yeah it's <laughs> a good Bob Dylan yeah, impression thanks <laughs> Call me Jimmy Fallon, everybody. I love it. I love it. What I love too, uh, that was a really bad transition. I was like, I love it. I love it. But also, what I love- <laughs> that's okay. The riff is amazing. Like, yeah. So catchy. So good. And I just like want to sing like the chorus. Like you already mentioned it. The like, if everything could ever feel this real forever. Drum solo. Like, it's so fun to sing along. They opened with this when I saw them on the broken leg tour Mm -hmm. and it's just like high energy high impact makes you want to get up and dance get out of your seat like everybody lost 
uh, their minds. I don't know what I was trying to say. Lost there. their marbles, lost their minds. They lost their marbles. They lost their shit. I think this song is so special because it's so relatable because yes. we've all kind of been there. Even if it's just like somebody you meet and you have that like immediate infatuation with yeah. them and that spark, like, holy shit, that moment is so powerful. And I think Everlong speaks to that so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like magnets. It's like magnets. Like magnets. Magnets, bitch. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> I never yes, watched Breaking bitch. Bad, but like Magnus I never. Bitch. <laughs> All um, right, Kara, another turn. one. Another one. I'm gonna have to start with or start. This is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It is not. Um, I'm gonna have to go to Walking After You. Oh yes. I think this song is, as I wrote in my notes, cute as fuck. And then I wrote also the video, <laughs> cute as fuck. Oh my god. And to me, it's a song that it's a great slow dance song. Oh, I was just thinking the same thing. Right, twins. I'm like literally thinking back in the day, you know, like it's eighth like- grade yes literally i was gonna literally say it's 2008 you're at a much music video dance and all of a sudden walking after you by the food fighters comes on and you like awkwardly awkwardly like hold hands hands. with someone whomever and you're swaying but you can't like you have to like that's what they would say at my school was leave room for jesus (laughs) you're leaving room for jesus Jesus. you can't touch torsos ever well because the whole point of the song is like things just won't do without you matter of fact i'm on your back if you walk out on me i'm I'm walking walking after after you you. so it's like you're not it's like i'm in this for the long haul i'm not gonna leave you like i think that's so special and so sweet so sweet don't you just want someone to say that about you um yeah please i think everyone volunteers. wants to hear that any volunteers i'd walk after you farah i would walk you. after you too kiara see it's nice for us to say this we to each have other, each other no matter yes. what ever long such a good song yeah such a good song yeah okay so your turn farah what do you got um i also really liked february stars me too girl we have the same list wow i love february stars can yeah. you tell me why you like it um so I put that this ballad is really sweet and deep. I, I whenever I listen to something, I kind of try to listen to it without really knowing too much about it. I mean, I sort of knew the history of the band, but originally I thought the song was about getting back together with someone because of the lyrics. One day I'll have enough to gamble. I'll wait to hear your final call and bet it all. But upon further research, uh, I realized it might have been about Kurt Cobain. It was because Kurt Cobain's birthday was in February. So then oh. when I reinterpret the lyrics, you know, one day I'll have enough to gamble. I'll wait to hear your final call in bed at all. I feel like maybe that was alluding to Kurt Cobain's addiction and gambling mm-hmm. with his life with his drug addiction and using those drugs. He even sort of sings here, even though I watched you come and go, how was I to know you'd steal the show? Also probably a verse about his addiction, stealing the show, unfortunately. Yeah, kind of overshadowed everything that Nirvana had been successful for. He died and he took his talent with him and the death overshadowed all their their work. So I think that it's it's really sad. I think the song encapsulates um, how dramatic and painful and heavy that death was. That loss is. Yeah. It's funny because I, so usually I dive into the lyrics. This is one that I didn't even really, not that I didn't care what the lyrics were, Mm -hmm. but I think for me, the composition of the song spoke more volumes than the actual lyrics did because this is the type of like Foo Fighters jam that I love where it's like everything starts off and it's very slow. And then around the one thirty mark, you know, you got harmonies come in, Mm -hmm. the drums kind of start to come in and you get to three minutes and he goes like, February stars and everything explodes and it gets so that's such a Foo Fighters thing. They build, they build and build and build and build Mm -hmm. and build until they just like let it all out. Mm -hmm. And so like driving and listening to this song or just like even 
even like playing it like when I'm like cleaning my kitchen I'm like yeah it's February stars like I just love it you feel it in your bones this is one of those moments where like I'd be at their concert crying for no reason yes literally no reason I was gonna say this is a great song to cry to because it has the build up and you're like sad and then you're like Fuck! it all just like comes out like yeah. it all just comes out and I I really really like this song it packs this like mm-hmm. ridiculous punch especially when especially when you hit that three minute mark and everything just goes nuts it's just yep. like you feel it in your heart you feel it in your soul down to like tips of your fingers mm-hmm. like all of that it's just insane um it's interesting that you noted like the the Kurt Cobain connection because I never would have thought that but I think it's been hard because especially when Foo Fighters started out people would go to Foo Fighter shows because they're like well it's Dave Grohl so maybe he'll play maybe he'll play Nirvana like maybe he'll play Marigold because that's a song that Dave Grohl sang off a Nirvana record like and like this is Dave trying to start something new he's trying to move on with his life he's trying to move on so I think it's nice that like if this song is about Kurt it's like he puts in these little like easter eggs of Kurt Mm -hmm. without making it all about him because he still wants to have his own band and own rep you know yeah and I feel like he has definitely made his own reputation for himself with this. For sure. With this band, um, I did listen to them, Crooked Vultures, very briefly. I don't think pretty they were successful. Least, they were pretty successful, moderately though. successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like they have done. He has done quite a few things, a number of things, um, just out of passion projects, which I think is really cool. I mean, what happened to Kurt too was it was a tragedy, and it's a product mm-hmm. of fame. It's a product of substance abuse, and it shouldn't be overlooked. But I think also Dave has, to your point, Dave has made an incredible journey for himself and for Foo Fighters as well. Yes, yes. A-plus song. February stars. Hey, All right, Kira, another one from you. Another one, Hey Johnny Park. Oh, yeah. Great song. <laughs> do you have this one too? On I do. It, it's on my love list. It's not as much of a love as like other songs but um i just think that the name is so funny i love it right (laughs) so apparently it's i don't know if you know this but apparently he named it hey johnny park because of his like childhood neighbor friend i heard that yeah i read that he was like I, I named it Hey Johnny Park because I thought he would see that a Foo Fighters song was called, like, named after him, and he might call me and, like, say hi and reach oh, out. Oh, I love that. And I was that. like, oh, that's so sad. I don't know if he ever did. What I thought was kind of funny, though, is the name Johnny is used a lot in current music. Like, St. Vincent has a song called Happy Birthday, Johnny. July Talk has a song called Johnny and Mary, Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good. Oh, yeah. It's, like, an interesting, I'm like, is it just because it's... Easy to say. Easy to say. It's two syllables. Like, yeah. it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a... um normal yeah dude name Maybe. johnny jack is also a famous jack and song. diane jack and diane yeah. jackie and wilson jackie and wilson oh, hosier but i do love hey johnny park um yo, so yeah i love the reasoning behind the name i kind of interpret it as another type of fuck you song because he yeah. says like now that i found my reward i'd throw it away long before i'd share a piece of mine with you mm-hmm. so yes he was going through a divorce at the time so maybe this is a fuck you to his ex-wife or yeah. it's a fuck you to william goldsmith like we don't really know but that's kind of like what i got from it it's got a fun beat to it though it's like yeah. again heavy without being too heavy it's got some nice harmonies some nice melodies like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make you feel like grungy and like angry it just kind of makes you feel light and like happy and like you know yeah, yeah yeah and i think even the name too is kind of light and happy and kind of funny for sure kind of going along that sense of humor that the foo fighters brings to their music with their style it's interesting because i i like the lyrics where he says was it a change of mind for you am i selling out and i'm like oh you know like that is hard thinking about his career or his path and you know on the topic of childhood friends and losing contact and whatever you know maybe he's thinking back to a simpler time before he was famous he's like damn am I selling out you know like back then coming down hard on himself yeah back then yeah. it was just about the music but now it's like all right I got to produce this album you know I got to make money somehow like you know especially a um 
a sophomore album like this yeah second albums are always the hardest mm, especially when your first up. album yeah it's a follow-up yeah it's a great song yeah, it is a great hey song. johnny park mm-hmm. just fun to say mm-hmm. fun to say fun to sing all around good song Okay, so we have had an amazing time so far. We've been drinking our Monkey Gland cocktails. We've talked about all the songs that we really like. So, Farah, unfortunately, it's time to switch over to the negative side yeah. of things. Can you tell me about some of the songs that you skip on this record? Yeah, I'm going to start with my not love the most. What am I saying? You're not love the most. Yeah, I didn't love the most. Don't even cut that. That was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Uh <laughs> the color and the shape girl i hate that one too. <laughs> which is so sad because that's what the the album is named that but I then know. i didn't like it because there was a lot of screaming yes i, I also kind of looked into the lyrics a little bit as well um it, it's very much like a high school um anger song yeah you know and i mean that kind of resonates with like you know the the audience at the time for sure but it personally wasn't my cup of tea i think there are other songs that spoke to me in my teen angst from other bands that that you know said it better than the song so it, it just wasn't for me it was too heavy for me that's totally fair i 100 i'm in 100 agreement. honestly i skipped this one because it's a little too hardcore and like i'm somebody who likes hardcore but mm-hmm. my hardcore is very streamlined to the bands i expect hardcore from right so like i'll listen to even like somebody like Billy Talent, who yes. is a little, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm in for when I listen to Billy Talent. Silent Nights for the rest of my life. Oh, just when they Devil scream. Devil in a Midnight Mass. Devil in a Midnight Mass. So good. Yeah. And I like a little bit of hardcore with my softcore. So like, I, I do like that the Foo Fighters can like play within each of them. But mm-hmm. like songs like um like White Limo off of Wasting Light, which, mm-hmm. like, which is like, mm-hmm. I love that Foo Fighters record. But I'm like, I'll always skip it because I can't sing along to it because it's like a straining on my vocal cords. Yeah. Like, I just, it, it just never... <laughs> yeah but even in other songs dave screams and you know like walk yeah walk he screams near the end he screams in i think uh well not on this album but i was gonna say the pretender and you know in the end yeah and like i can roll with all of that yeah but it's when it's the whole song especially because i'm like i'm not in the mood like i'm like if it's protest the hero or if it's the used yeah like sign me up but like for foo fighters there's a different vibe i want to go for and it's heavy without being too heavy so i don't like that one either okay cool um one of the other ones I really did not like was enough space for a similar reason I felt like the chorus again seeing how much you and I have talked about the lyricism of this album and how brilliant it was Mm -hmm. having the chorus literally just be Dave saying like enough space space and like screaming it I was was gonna say he doesn't sing he screams I can't scream for my life. Everybody, my neighbors would kill me. Um, It's just, I I don't get it. I don't understand. And I'm like, he could have done so much more with it. Mm -hmm. And he's such a brilliant lyricist. Like, really, Dave, you could just come up with two words for this chorus. Like, seriously, I don't want to shit on it because there are people who have made careers out of like screaming screaming or like <laughs> blink 182 all the small yes. things they made na 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 but that's catchy i know you but know is it is it worse or is it better than this it's an earworm right they've somehow made it catchy yeah but like for this song there was just nothing that really resonated you know yeah nothing that was like it. oh my god it's so catchy it's stuck in my head this song it doesn't get stuck in my head Okay, so we have spent some time discussing color and the shape. At mm-hmm. this time, Farah, I was hoping you could maybe offer up a rating on what you would rate the color and the shape oh, out of five so monkey hard. gland cocktails. <laughs> As every time I say it, it gets weirder and weirder. Yeah. Um, so if you have any final thoughts on the record, anything you want to leave our listeners with, and then what you would rate it out of five. Okay, final thoughts. So some songs really slapped. Some songs really did not. Yeah. Um, would you say it's 
It's kind of 50-50 for me, yeah. but I want to give it a little bit more than two and a half. I want to give it 60. like a three. Oh, okay. Three okay, monkey okay, glands okay. out of five. Okay. Can I okay, do that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I didn't even put like a point whatever. Want. I'm like, I I really, the songs that I really did like, I really liked. The majority of the album I think I did like, like Everlong, Monkey Ranch, Up in Arms, February Stars, My Hero, Walking After You. Yeah. Those were my top songs. The ones that I didn't really like though, just, ugh, they were kind of You're trash. always going to skip them. Yeah, I'm always going to skip them, but I also feel like, I have to kind of give the band a pass. For the record, um, I think that the Foo Fighters definitely have a solid roster of hits. I mean, they have their greatest album, greatest hits album, pardon me. So they have some good content. Absolutely. From all of their albums. They have managed to produce something good from all of their albums. And I think that's what makes them a really good band. Yeah, a very consistent rock band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. um, So are you going to go with a three? I'm going with a three. What are you going with? So what I kind of wanted to touch on before I gave my rating was the longevity factor. Okay. Because that's good. 23 years to be in this band you know like there's not many bands out there like there's there's like the classic rock bands who still kind of tour you know you've got your your sticks and your journeys and your van halens who are still touring and stuff but to me this is like my sticks this is my journey this is my van halen and so i'm really impressed with the fact that they were able to go from this grungy to post grungy to modern rock and roll right never losing like i was never surprised with what the Foo Fighters came out with. Like, I was never like, this isn't Foo Fighters. I was always very happy with whatever they put out. Yes. Um, I do kind of agree with you in the sense that, like, there is a good portion of this record that I will skip. They're a little bit more on the neutral side. Like, yeah. I really only hate, like, two songs. Yeah. But... I think it's also like a very good, like if somebody wanted to know what the Foo Fighters were all about, I also think it's a good introductory record to the Foo Fighters. Yeah. So I'm struggling a little bit there. And what it always comes down to for me is, and I mentioned it in the beginning, I'm like, they've never lost sight of how important the music is to them. Yes. And that means a lot to me as a big fan of music in general. Like mm-hmm. they have never strayed and went for different routes, like mm-hmm. like selling out. Like they all have different side projects and they support each other. And I think that that's yeah. amazing. So I think a lot of my rating is going to play into the fact that like, I actually really like them as people. Okay. So I am going to go a little bit higher and I'm going to give oh, it a four out of five. Okay. I'm going to give it a four out of five because I couldn't give sweet baby dave girl less than 80 <laughs> percent. i had to give him an a you had to give him an a i do agree with that though i mean i think it's an interesting point that you bring up the longevity of it because when did this album come out you said 97 and we're still so, listening to it 23 years yeah and i still think that some of these songs really fucking slap so you know that says something absolutely sure. stands the test of time mm-hmm. and i think that's it that's it. That's the end of the it. The timeless ep- classic, Foo your Fighters. Your third episode. Yay! And you've completely broken your R&B mold. You are now a rock and roll chick uh, through and through. New year, new me, baby. New year, new Farah. Return Yay. to the Farah. She's back. Yes. It was imminent and she's back. She's back. She ready to attack. <laughs> hey. But I'm probably realistically going to talk about another R&B album. <laughs> That's fine. Farah, I cannot wait to have you back. Thank you so much for coming back a third time. I Thank really appreciate you. it. Thank you for talking about Food Fighters with me, for drinking monkey gland cocktails with me as gross <laughs> they as they were great. They, they actually do taste great, even though they sound weird. They taste good. Yes. I would highly recommend to our listeners. Um, but yeah, had a blast with you and I can't wait to have you on for your fourth Same. time. Thank you for letting me express myself and broaden my horizons and let the world know that I too listen to rock music. <laughs> Anytime, girl. Rock on. Rock hey. on, Farah. <laughs>